Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon, and you're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up phone lines right away. If you are local in the Las Vegas area, you'd like to join in on our discussion today, or if you have a praise report, a prayer request, a comment, we'd love to hear from you. That number locally, the dial would be 702-650-5588. I say again, dial 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you to do the same. And that toll-free number would be 800-366-8883. Again, if you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, please dial the toll-free number, which is 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live in real time over KKVV's website. That would be video and audio stream. And I'm waving to you now. Hello and God bless. And that web address would be www.kkvv.com. Again, www.kkvv.com. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, please go to Save the Lost at All Costs' website. And our website address would be www.savethelostlv.org. Just click on the date that you'd like to listen to. There are plenty of discussions available for you, and the gospel is always free on our watch as the Holy Spirit leads you, and tell somebody else about it too. In addition to that, we are being archived for free as well on iTunes. So if you have an Apple device, hey, you can pick us up on iTunes as well. Gospel still free. Now, KKVV is kind enough to have a cell phone number that you can dial to listen to our broadcast as well. And you can listen to KKVV anytime on this cell phone number. Just have to be in the United States. And I really, really encourage you to make it a part of your cell phone contacts. I'm telling you, it will be the best one-way conversation you've had in a long time. That number would be 563 999 3194. Again, that cell phone number, lock it in. You can listen right now. Would be 563-999-3194. And it's so good to see our GM, Brother Ed. And how are you, man of God? It was wonderful to hear him. He had the door open for me, and we love Brother Craig, and we know he's doing God's work today. So we are going to get into our discussion today. And our discussion's topic title is Triple Denial, Confession, and Commission. Again, Triple Denial, Confession, and Commission. And I know that's got your ears peaked, and I pray that your hearts are open and that you're ready to receive the Word of God. So we're going to go to John chapter 21, and that is where we're going to start. But I want to uh, prepare your hearts and minds for some things that you are going to uh, be listening to as the Holy Spirit speaks to you. So I just wanted to 
give you a couple of things that I think will be important in helping you comprehend what the Word of God is saying. Now, you're going to see the number three. Triple uh, refers to the number three. Now, the number three is used in the Bible about 467 times. It's uh, pictures uh, that of completeness. Now, it is the lesser degree than seven. Because as we know, seven is God's number for c- completion and perfection. Um, the uh, number three uh, also is very poignant here because we will see that Peter, James, and John were the three disciples with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane who were in his inner circle. Jesus also prayed three times in the Garden of Gethsemane before his arrest. And also, the disciples failed to stay awake three times in the Garden of Gethsemane. Soon after Jesus was seized and later taken away and falsely convicted, uh, Peter denied Jesus three times. Um, He was placed on the cross, he being Jesus, at the third hour of the day, which was 9 a.m. He died on the ninth hour, which would be 3 p.m., And there were three hours of darkness that covered the whole entire land as Jesus was suffering on the cross from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. Three is also represents the number of resurrection. Christ was dead for three full days and three full nights. So keep that in your mind when we talk about triple denial, confession, and commission. Amen. So let's go to the Gospel of John, and we're going to go to the 21st chapter, and we're going to look at verses 14 through 17. I will be coming out of the New King James Version. So verse 14 says this, Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. And did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, I'm in the wrong chapter. So let's get to 21. And that was 20. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for pointing that out to me. So let's get to verse 14. Again, I'm in John 21. And I'm reading now the New, the New King James Version. So the Word of God says this. Verse 14. This is how the third time Jesus showed himself. To his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Remember we're talking about triple. Okay. So that represents three. So I want you to catch that in your spirit. This was the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples. Okay. Now let's get into verse 15 and we're going to go down to 17. Again we're in John 21. And the word of God says this. Verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast. Jesus said to Simon Peter. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. Verse 16, He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him 
tend my sheep. Verse 17, he said to him, The third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen? So, I want again to iterate that we are talking about triple denial, confession, and commission. So, we got to get down to the denial part. And this is a very, very hard thing for Peter to have this conversation with the Lord because we can see spiritually that it's not what you say, it's what's in your heart. And Peter was very quick to acknowledge that, that the Lord knows everything. So, they just finished breakfast. And they were at the same spot where Jesus had originally commissioned Peter. When he and his brother Andrew came, and we find that in Matthew 4, Verses 18 through 20. So let's go back to where it all began. It's important, and I'll tie that in. So we're going to go back to Matthew 4, and we're going to look at verses 18 through 20. And again, I'm in the New King James Version. So let's go there. Right. And verse 18 says, again, I'm in Matthew 4, and the Word of God says, verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Verse 19, Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20, they immediately left their nets and followed him. So, now this is where we are. So, Jesus has been resurrected. This is the third time he's revealed himself to the disciples. They've had a meal that our Lord and Savior Jesus has provided for them. And now they're at the point. Where Jesus is speaking to Peter. And I've taken you back to the point where Peter was first commissioned as a disciple. So now we have where it's, it's, it's new. It's very new. Because it's all going to come down to 
denial, confession, and commission. And now we're going to go back to verse 15. And we're going to look where Jesus is speaking specifically. And I have the red letter edition. And if you will see here, Jesus refers to him, Simon, son of Jonah. That's how he found him. When he observed him on the Sea of Galilee as a fisherman. He was Simon, not Peter. He was Simon, son of Jonah. And this is how Jesus is referring to him and asking him. Do you love me more than these? And it's a very fair question. And Peter, I'm sure, is thinking about the time when Jesus spoke to prophecy that Peter would deny him three times before the cock had crowed. And I'm sure he's thinking about that. He's thinking about the time when he first immediately left everything and started following Christ. And his response is going to say a lot. And I'll tell you the difference. So Peter responds. And he says to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, there are two types of love that are being spoken. Jesus is asking about a specific love which would be agape, which is the highest form of love that exists. Now, I um, went to gotquestions.org to look up a definition, and it's very good um, for this context, and I think uh, you'll get an understanding. Then we're going to look at the love that Peter talks about in his Response. So, now, according to questions.gotquestions.org, this is what we have. The Greek word agape is often translated love in the New Testament. How is agape love different from other types of love? The essence of agape love is goodwill, benevolence, and willful delight in the object of love. Unlike our English word love, Agape is not used in the New Testament to refer to romantic or sexual love, nor is it referred to close relationship or brotherly love, for which the Greek word philia is used. Agape love involves faithfulness, commitment, and an act of the will. It is distinguished from the other types of love 
by its lofty moral nature and strong character. Agape love is beautifully described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So let's go over to 1 Corinthians. So you'll make sure that you understand what it is that Jesus is really asking Peter. And then we'll again look at Peter's response. We need to set this up. I want you to have the full understanding and the weight of what is being asked. So we're going to 1 Corinthians and we are going to look about love. Okay. So we are looking about... Well, let's start in verse 1 and break it all the way down. Okay. Verse 1, again, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal too. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Verse 3, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and that would be, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Verse 4, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself it's not puffed up does not behave rudely does not seek its own is not provoked thinks no evil six does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth seven bears all things believes all things hopes all things endure all things eight love never fails but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Nine, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. Ten, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Eleven, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Twelve, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Ten, excuse me, thirteen, and now abide faith, hope, love, these things Excuse me, let me say that again. Verse 13. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Remember we talked about three? Okay, so now we understand what Jesus is asking. That agape love. That is what he's referring to. The most highest form of love. There he is. God is love. Love is God. And Jesus did the work of salvation because he loved us. That's what kept him on the cross. Love for that that he had for mankind, not just part of mankind, all of mankind. And we were all sinners. That's what he went to the cross to complete that work so that we can have eternal life, so that we can stand before the Father, so that we can have fellowship with him, unbroken fellowship. 
forever and ever? This is the question he's asking Peter. Now let's go back to the question again. And verse 15, again in John 21. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. Now, the love that Peter is talking about is the philia love. That would be the love that you see in the city of Philadelphia. Philadelphia is known as the city of brotherly love. So there's a difference. So this is how he's responding. So he's not there at the agape love point, but he is stating that he loves him. And let's look at the love as he responds and the answer so we can see that. Again, I went to um, gotquestions.org and, you know, this is uh, what I found for uh, philia. Okay. So, philia refers to the brotherly love and is most often exhibited in a close friendship. Best friends will display this generous and affectionate love for each other and seeks to make the other happy. So, you know, scripturally, if we were to look at the relationship that um, David and Jonathan had, Jonathan was Saul's son, um, you will see uh, and a, a description of what that uh, philia love is. So why don't we um, look at that and look at a couple of verses in First Samuel and we'll be able to uh, point that out. Because I want you to get a, a very good understanding of how um, Peter is responding to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have to understand, you know, Peter... Um, was always the one that stepped out in front and, you know, confessed his, his love and his allegiance and his obedience to Christ. But he was also the one that Christ was most concerned about in reference to Satan sifting him like wheat because, um, Peter, uh, was vulnerable to Satan. Because of his boldness, because of his quickness. And the thing is, is that the kind of love that Jesus was imparting to Peter was a sacrificial love. It was the highest. It would cost everything. A lot different from brotherly love. This uh, was that of those that had created us in the beginning. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen? So let's go again to First Samuel chapter 18, and we're going to look at the first three verses. And I was talking about a, a demonstration of the um, philia love that is associated with brotherly love. So I'm in the New uh, King James Version again. I'm looking at First Samuel, and I'm looking at... Um, 
chapter 18, and I look at the first uh, three verses. Verse 1, the word of God says this, Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit in the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Two, Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house any more. Three, then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. So, that uh, is a demonstration of philia love. So, let's get back to John chapter 21. So, that's how Peter is responding back to the Lord Jesus Christ. With a philia love. Uh, a brotherly love. So, let's see. How it goes again. Now. When we go to. Verse 16. The word of God says. He said to him again. A second time. Simon. Son of Jonah. Do you. Love me. He said to him. Yes Lord. You know that I love you. He said to him. Tend my sheep. So. Again he responds to him. With the same type of. Philea love. And again. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Is asking him. In the agape love. So. Then we go down. To verse 17. He said to him. The third time, remember we talked about the triple, the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? Okay. And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. All right. So. It was still Philea love that Peter responded to. And Jesus took that. And that was enough. Because Jesus represented the agape love. And the agape love can take that philia love. And he commissioned him. See, the first thing it says, when we look in at verse 15, he says, feed my lambs. And it's basically the little lambs. That's what it translates to. And then we look at that was in verse 15. Then we look at verse 16 and it says, Tend my sheep. But verse 17, it changes. And it says, To feed my sheep. That's where the commission comes in. And it's very important. That we see 
what Jesus can do, what our confession, when our hearts are in the right position, which would indicate right standing. Now, Peter wasn't always where he is right now. But it was important because Jesus had to convey to Peter I'm asking all of you not some of you. This is what this work is going to entail. And you're going to need that agape love to be able to carry on with your commission. See, it's easy to love your brother. It's very hard to love others who are not alike you with the agape love. Those of us who are not believers, in order for us to carry the message to a non-believer, a believer must have the agape love. Because there may not be anything that you can say we're alike on. You may not feel that brotherly love towards them. You may not recognize them or identify them. There's a limit to a brotherly love. There's no limit to the agape love. That's why we went to 1 Corinthians in chapter 13 and read so that we can see how encompassing that love really is. And in order to carry the message... You have to personify the messenger. And the messenger, which is our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior, is not reduced to simply philia love. It has to be something so much more, so much more divine, so much more that represents eternity, that represents the kingdom, because it is mirroring Christ's work. Because he went to to do the work of salvation for all of us. Those who believed, those who didn't believe, those who followed, those who didn't. We were all sinners. We all need to be reconciled to the Father. And we were not able to do that. Until Jesus' work was completed. And you see how powerful the number three is. And how it's being repeated over and over. And just in this short section. I'm looking at the clock. It says 333. I hear you Holy Spirit. I hear you. Praise God. Denial. Confession. And commission. Jesus didn't hold 
Peter's denial of him against him? It was part of the prophecy. It had to come to pass. Jesus spoke it before it even happened. It had to happen. And we know that Peter went away and and wept bitterly when the crow started excuse me, when the cock started crowing. He went away. We didn't hear about Peter for a while. And then he comes back on the scene. But Jesus never forgot about him. Jesus knew what he was capable of and what he was going to do when he first approached him on the Sea of Galilee. He simply said, follow me. And Peter and his brother Andrew did it immediately. But Peter's name changed. He was known as Simon. Then he was known as Peter. The Greek name would be Cephas. Rock. Those were Peter's characteristics. Yet he was fully human. Like we all are. But Jesus saw him. And saw in him. What he was going to do. Peter needed to see it. Peter Peter needed to understand about the elevation of his love. And what was really required. To do this. And a lot of us. Are having some Peter moments. Well, we're feeling that that bitterness, that moving away, isolating. But that heart had to be to where the Lord Jesus Christ could really, really give him the experience that he needed to complete his assignment. It was a part of his progressive sanctification. And that can only happen Through the divine. Now we can consecrate ourselves. But as far as progressive sanctification. We're not able to do that. We can separate ourselves. But that dimension. That that has to be prepared. That perfecting. That burning. That molding. That shaping. That grafting, that pruning, those are all done by the vine dresser. 
A vine is not able to dress itself. The thing is to be available and to continue to be persistent in your walk, in your faith. You know, Hannah comes to mind. Hannah, we find her in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, and she uh, was praying consistently and going to God. She was vexed by the fact that her husband had another wife and that wife was able to have children and she was barren. And the other wife would mock her and ridicule her and and she'd just be so hurt. And she would come to God and she would cry and she would be bitter about the way she had been treated. And she wanted God to protect her and to deal with that that was coming against her constantly. And her husband loved her more, but it wasn't enough. And would always bring a double portion for her. She wanted her to have more of an anointing. Cared so much more for her. But her pain and her hurt, that's all that she concentrated on. But then... She made God the beneficiary of her prayers. And she shifted the focus. And God is never against his will. And she prayed and asked for a child. And told God that if you give me this child, I will dedicate him to you. I will lend him to you. And he will always be with you and for you and to do the work. She made God the beneficiary of her prayers. And guess what? She had that child. And that child was Samuel. But guess what? God opened up her womb again. She had sons and she had daughters. And guess what? They became judges in Israel. Because she changed the beneficiary of her prayers. And when she started making God the beneficiary of her prayers, then guess what? God is never against himself. He blessed her more than what she even asked for and continued to bless her. See, Peter originally was very bold super disciple quick passionate 
But Jesus knew what he really needed to be to finish this work. And Peter had a tendency to be one way with the Jews and another way with the Gentiles. And the Apostle Paul brought that to his attention. So Peter needed to be transformed. To be able to aspire and to have the agape love resonating through him to be able to continue to spread the gospel and to raise up those men and women who were with him and coming behind him to continue to spread the gospel. See, the churches needed to be established. And based on Peter having this progressive sanctification moment with our Lord and Savior, our resurrected Lord and Savior, it becomes apparent to us who are reading and studying the scriptures that we need to be available. To do the work that God has called us to be. And to do in a season called now. This is not the time. Where your prayers are solely focused on you and your comfort. There needs to be a shift in your prayers. To make God the beneficiary of them. Because his will will be done and he's not against his will. He has to perform his word. But the time is urgent. And we need to be focused. And and a lot of us have had the denial period. As Peter had it. And it was bitter. And it was painful. But necessary. Because our hearts have to be in a certain condition. In order for us to go on with the assignment. You know, you're going to continue to learn the lesson. Until you get it right. See, God is very precise in His plan. And we will perform His plan. And He has chosen those that He wants to do 
his will and his work. This is a very, very transformative moment in Peter's worship, in Peter's faith, in Peter's call. Because he's not the same Peter. Peter was called to to do a few things with those who were following Christ and those who would be coming to Christ. How powerful is Peter's testimony now. How powerful is that experience now? Truly, he has had a God experience. And you know that you know that you know when you've had a God experience. See, Jesus needed Peter to understand and to really come to terms with could he leave these things. See, he said he could leave it all. See, when Jesus looked upon him in Galilee, he was with his family, his father, his brother, other fishermen, brother, Philea love, if you will. And work. Gifted. He was seasoned. He was dedicated. He was respected. Committed. But the Lord spoke to him. And he answered the command. Simply follow me. Left everything and followed him immediately. What's changed? See, even in our human frailty and weakness... Character is still who defines us. A measure of a man or a woman will be her character or his character in spite of circumstances, issues, hardships. popular and unpopular opinion. Doubts, fears, real or perceived. Faithfulness 
Are you going to stay the course? Most of us will agree that Peter was probably feeling quite devastated. But the Lord Jesus Christ demonstrated that he can bring the dead back to life. Whether it's a physical sense or a spiritual sense. He is about resurrection. And Satan had his eye on Peter. As Satan had his eye on Job. And God even told Satan so many words. Have you considered my servant Job? You can do anything you want to him. But you don't take his life. He's still going to love me. He's still going to serve me. Because Satan was of the mindset. He's only serving you. Or loving you. Because you're doing things for him. But see. God knew Job's heart. Didn't have any. Hesitation. And putting it to the test. Because he knew who Job was. He already knew what was going to happen. See Peter. Was chosen. By Christ. And commissioned so you will see there will be times in your life where there will be spiritual highs and spiritual lows it's a testing it's a perfecting It's learning what Jude was talking about when he talks about falling into divers temptation and that we should count it all joy because in doing so, we are basically letting patience work its perfect thing. And when we let patience work its perfect thing, then we lack for nothing. This had to happen. So Peter would not lack for anything when it came down to feeding the sheep. He couldn't be concerned about his life at this point because his life could be brought back to life. So death wasn't anything that he should be concerning himself with. He should be concerning himself with carrying the message. Because we have to believe that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is who he says he is. And that he can do what he says he can do. Well, death is your biggest fear. And then guess what? He can bring you back to life. 
And if you only believe that you can love a certain way, well, guess what? He can elevate you to the agape love, the divine, that sacrificial love for all mankind, not for just for those who you like or who look like you or believe like you, that you can go any and everywhere where mankind exists and be able to carry the message and see that their soul is worth being with God as opposed to being separated from God forever and that you will be rewarded. See, we have to get past guilting ourselves and shaming ourselves and separating ourselves because we didn't always make a good decision. That didn't stop God from using Moses. And it shouldn't stop you from letting God use you. I pray in the name of Jesus that you receive this message. That you see yourself. And know that when God called you. He was going to complete the work in you. Allow him to complete the work in you. And rise up. From Philea love. To agape love. It's there for you. Just change your beneficiary in your prayers. Let God be the beneficiary of your prayers. And watch it happen for you. We love you. And remember, save the loss at all costs. See you next week. Bye-bye. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what. Why don't you 